Hello everyone, I'm Colin Detmar from Scanline Media. And I'm Jennifer Uncle from Scanline Media. And we're here today to do just sort of a random podcast because we've both been playing some of the Yakuza games. Um, I've been playing them for a long time. When did Yakuza 2 come out? Um, I don't know, 2006. No, I didn't play it in 2006. I played it more like 2008. But um, Was it PS2 era? Uh-huh. Yeah, Yakuza 2 was was PS2. So I've been playing them for almost a decade, and I've never really written or done any, like, critical uh, writing or anything about them. Um, and you just got started with Yakuza 0, right? Yeah, I don't feel like I'm super far in. Like, I just finished the... I just moved from um, Kiryu to Majinima back to Kiryu, so... I see, I see. Okay. But you feel like you feel like you're starting to get a sense for what Yakuza is, right? Totally, yeah. I'm. I've mostly seen the series from the outside. People posting funny gifts, like that guy hanging out in a hostess club in his underwear and uh, bowling for a, a chicken and things like that. Who ends up being a real estate agent for you, if I have that correct? Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. I, I I mostly knew it for those wacky hijinks, so to see it lay on the drama pretty thick and pretty well in Yakuza 0 has surprised me a lot. It's really, like, I don't know, I, I don't know... It feels like it's just timing that Yakuza has finally caught on. I mean, I think Yakuza 0 was a really good one, and that helped a lot get things started, but like... It's it's it feels strange that the series has suddenly like taken hold in America when I don't feel like they've changed that much. I feel like they've gotten better at doing what they do, definitely. But like Yakuza's kind of just been doing Yakuza for a long time. Yeah, there's something very old-fashioned about the way that the open world works even in something like Zero. I feel like it's a lot more limited than it looks, like mm-hmm. There's a day and night cycle, but it seems to decide when that is based on story beats, and you can't really get it to go back to day unless you go to sleep. And it's difficult to tell when I can, whether I can just return to specific locations whenever I want, or whether the story will make me come back at certain times. But um, it, it has a lot of various small things to do in it. It just feels very... Kind of stiff in a way. Yeah, I definitely think that's that's fair. The Yakuza series, like, I mean, so I I don't I'm not gonna pretend to know like the the behind the scenes like developer stuff super well, but Yakuza one and two felt like games that were taking the ideas of like Shenmue and continuing them right, and doing them better than Shenmue, frankly. <laughs> Um, and at the time, that felt really, like, fresh and, and good. Like, Yakuza 2, when I played Yakuza 2, felt really good. Um, but a lot of those elements of those games have not really been kept up to date. And yeah, what you get is parts, like... God, like, Yakuza 0 and Yakuza uh, Kiwami, the two most recent releases in America, are on an outdated engine that they developed for the PS3. And still, the faces look really good. You watch the trailer for, like, y- Yakuza Kiwami 2, which is on the new engine, and you look at the faces in that, and it looks amazing. Clearly, the, like, the technology is there. There are ways in which Yakuza is really 
pushing things forward, but a lot of the mechanics just feel kind of outdated and like not just like they're not keeping up, but no one has really tried to update them in a way that's weird. Yeah, it's obvious that they pour a ton of time and money into the cutscenes. Like uh, when you're out in this bar at late at night, that's outdoors, kind of like a little trolley. As you're getting a glass of hot sake poured for you, you can see the steam rise up and it looks pretty incredible. And the scene where you get introduced to Majima at the um, cabaret, someone posted an article about this a while ago, but you can actually see each musician playing for five or seven seconds and their movements are exactly the way that those instruments would be played in real life, which might not sound that impressive, but it's the minute detail that they put into it that really makes it amazing. Yeah, the animations can be really incredible. Um, It's just sort of like... There's this weird, like... It's not even like there are areas in which they don't try as hard, it's just sort of like they don't always transition very well or something. Does that make sense? I don't know. Yeah, totally. Like, that cutscene ends and you're in this very crummy office and you're very boxed in. And when you're actually going out to walk around the cabaret club, it feels a whole lot emptier and a lot stiffer because you can only walk slowly. And Mm -hmm. yeah, it feels like the cutscenes portray a much livelier world than the one that you're actually in, but... It's close enough that it doesn't bother too much. It's also interesting because, like, I mean, I enjoy the side activities in Zero and Kiwami, but, like, I mean, honestly, Yakuza 5 was the most crazy one for side activities. Um, Yakuza 5 had side activities where, like, okay, let me let me think. There's the one where you, like, this is a long part of the main game with this whole uni- unique mechanics where you are in the mountains in Japan and you're hunting in the middle of winter and you have to manage your cold and stuff as you're hunting bears with, like, a rifle. <laughs> uh, there's a long part where Kiryu is a taxi driver and it's not like GTA taxi driver. You have to drive, like, smoothly, obey traffic laws, and, like, do quick time events to make good small talk. There's a really fun minigame where you are asked to take over, like, a ramen stand and make ramen to order for customers, and they vary up their orders, and you have to do it right on reaction. There's a part of Yakuza 5 where you play as uh, a character that you meet in Yakuza Kiwami, or Yakuza 1, uh, Haruka, who's a little girl... And in Yakuza 5, she's become a teen, like an idol, like an idol singer. And you've got to do rhythm games so she can do idol performances. Like, they go pretty wild. And in comparison, Zero and Kiwami are pretty tame with their side activities. So, it's weird to see them, like, maybe draw people back in by trying to be a little more restrained or something. Huh. It might also be because they're still getting used to the PS4 as a platform compared to... PS3, but uh, yeah, as, some, as a newcomer to the series, I'm impressed with the range of things that you can do on your spare time. Like, you can just walk into an arcade and play a classic Sega game from that era, like Outrun or Space Harrier. You can 
I think I think you can play pachinko, but I haven't seen any pachinko machines. But I've definitely done gambling and roulette and blackjack in this basement building. And uh, I've also gotten in some batting practice, some bowling. I find myself leaving the story fairly frequently just to either run into some random person on the street and see what they're up to, or try and win a stuffed animal for a little girl through one of those UFO catcher machines. When you get to the uh, Majima's uh, Cabaret Club side activity, that game is really well done. I think you'll really enjoy that one. Everyone I've spoken to is like, oh man, that one, like they should have broken it out and made it a cell phone game. It's just really fun. Um huh. Okay. So there's some there's some neat stuff. I don't it's one of the things I really enjoy about about Yakuza is sort of the crime drama stuff, right? Obviously there's this, you know, like you know, the honor of the Yakuza and blah 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 and the way these, you know, families interact and Kiryu is this sort of floating agent. In every game he somehow manages to to get out from underneath the Yakuza and be this like free agent who is messing up everybody's plans, right? Um but like in zero, I don't know. Like, what, what, what is the last thing that happened with Kiryu in zero? Where you are? So the last thing with Kiryu, he ended up taking the real estate agent up on his offer to help investigate the murder. And right now, he's going to buy a suit so he can play the role of a real estate agent during his daytime. Okay. Yeah, I feel like Zero, like, there's a problem that Zero runs into near the end especially, and sometimes Yakuza gets kind of guilty of this, which is they start just introducing tons of characters and then just killing them off. Um, And Zero is the worst about this because Zero is, of course, a prequel to Yakuza 1, and they want to have a bunch of interesting characters that people who've played all these games haven't seen before, but then they also need a reason that they aren't in Yakuza 1, so they just have these characters and then they shoot them. Um, oh no. It's, you know, there's some stuff. And it's just like, I feel like at times it's too complex for its own good. Not because, like, I can't keep up with it. It's not that hard to keep up with. It's just sort of like there are parts of, there are like characters and arcs that I wish had gotten more explored because they just don't have enough time because they have so many things they're looking at, you know? Yeah, in terms of plot comprehension, I've lost track of who belongs to what family. I just see Yakuza as y- Yakuza and <laughs> deal with them in that regard. The other thing that's kind of a bummer is you never, like, even when you beat the game, there's no, like, opportunity to, like, they could, they would benefit from, like, I hate to say this, but like a Grand Theft Auto 4 style, like, you can call up Nishikiyama, you know, your 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 brother, and be like, hey, let's go do karaoke or have drinks or something. You could hang out with people. Because another part of Yakuza that's kind of weird is that with all this open world stuff and all the like side activities you can go and do, and they're not like money-making. These are just fun little things. You can't ever invite your friends in a way that's that's weird. I don't know. It struck it's it's always struck me as kind of like it struck me as strange when other games started doing the same thing and being like and also your buds can come along, you know? For sure, especially with karaoke because there are certain songs where you can only participate in a cheering on manner and instead of inviting 
one of your drunken buddies to do the main song while you cheer them on, it always pulls out some random girl from the bar and has you cheering them on instead. I think you can, uh, with the hostess bars, or the, or the cabaret clubs as, as they think they are, and I, I don't know, I mix up the terminology because I'm not from Japan, um, but anyway, you can get the hostesses to come with you if you've raised their, like, their your relationship bar with them enough or whatever, but it's like, eh, I mean, like, that's fine. In fact, some of the, there's, I want to talk a little bit later about one of the hostesses in, in Kiwami who I am really uh, liking. Um, but, like, I, and not really, like, here to play, like, Kiryu as this guy who, like, goes to bars to talk to girls to get them to go on dates with him. That's not the Kiryu I'm trying to play, you know? Yeah, my Kiryu is the person who gets down to serious Yakuza business before taking a break at the batting cage. And, like, what is the point of going to the batting cage alone? What is the point of going bowling alone? Come on, Kiryu. You're, you've got, like, blood brothers. They don't want to go bowling with you? I mean, they're I wouldn't even... either. Bowling's boring, but, you know. Yeah, there are even certain cutscenes where there is someone hanging out with you. Like, the very beginning of the section that I'm in, Nishki is joining you in the batting cages, just chatting as you're hitting balls, but... Mm-hmm. It it benefit to have some of that as optional too, like not so you could skip the story moments like that. Just invite him out again. Yeah, make make the place make like Kiryu feel like more of a part of the world, and they do that sometimes with the side quests, with just the way people, you know, like he's walking down the street and he gets tangled up in other people's problems, and they're usually absurd. Um, and that's that, my that's favorite good, parts. But yeah, yeah, and I think there's some really like. I hesitate to call it good writing, but really fun writing in those side activities. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's a lot of the time. It's just, it's really dumb. Yeah, the most memorable ones for me so far were teaching a punk band that's actually soft to sound punk when they're answering questions from fans. And the other big one was trying to pretend to be this girl's boyfriend so her dad's okay with it and... At some point, you find out that, oh, he knew all along. He just wanted to see how she would react when she's trying to sell a boyfriend to her father. And the weirdest one that I've done so far is probably... So some kid's standing in line to get a video game, and he gets it stolen as he's leaving the store. You chase down the person who stole it, beat it up, find out that he's that it got robbed from someone else, and you basically chase a long line of people who have beaten each other up for this one game and taken it to someone else. Finally, you get someone to someone at the end who is a low-level Yakuza, and he has a gun while fighting him. I got shot several times. And right as you finally get the game back for the kid, the kid comes up and is like, Oh no, that's my father. He's, he's cool. He, he looks tough, but he's a very nice person. And <laughs> at that point, I wanted to yell at the kid, Your dad just shot me. I, I'm not going to get along with him, but okay. Yeah, it's sort of like, oh, curious, just like, oh, okay. I can see that he's nice. <laughs> like, <laughs> spits out a few bullets. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's some there's some great absurdity in there. 
the guns, that's... Briefly, they haven't done too much... Like, they, they added the, the sort of, the, like, the multiple combat styles with the Yakuza 0, and that's been a good step for the combat. But a lot of the combat hasn't been that much changed since Yakuza 1 and 2. Um, and it's kind of frustrating sometimes, because, like... There are there are situations that can occur. Like, okay, here here's one thing. Uh, I fought a boss in Yakuza Kiwami pretty late in Yakuza Kiwami uh, yesterday, who had two guns. He had two pistols. That was his loadout. And I had a uh, first off, I had a heat attack, uh, like basically my super, where I can disarm someone who has a gun. But he's a boss, so it doesn't work on him. I just sort of punch him in the face, and he mm-hmm. still has his gun. And then, like, okay, so his gun is unblockable, because it's a gun, and I can't really dodge it, because it's a bullet. I can try, but, like, he just sort of turns to where I dodge to, and then shoots. And also, while shooting, he has infinite armor, so if I run up and start punching him, he just absorbs the hits and then shoots me? Like, there are combinations of mechanics in this game that are just really bullshit. The, or like the stun guns, when you when you fight someone who has a taser, it's just sort of like, oh, they punch you, and you're just electrocuted, and you fall down, and you stand up, and they electrocute you again, and you fall down. The, the combat could stand to iron out some of the frustrations, because it feels like... Yakuza is, depending on what, how you look at it, either like a modern beat-em-up with open-world mechanics, or kind of a JRPG. And this is one of the areas where it leans into the beat-em-up mechanics, because it's got, like, some of the bullshit of old quarter-eaters, where bosses just have attacks that you can't actually do th- anything about, and you're just going to get hit. And I that don't f- know why they're there. That feels pretty similar to Ninja Gaiden, actually. Like, the first major boss in Yakuza 0 had very specific attacks, and his second phase was twice as difficult, and... I put myself in that Ninja Gaiden mindset where I hit continue again and again until after the fourth or fifth time, I finally juke his punches enough to whittle his health down right as I'm on death's door. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, difficulty is one thing, but I just feel like the game is kind of unfair a lot of the times. Definitely clunky in that regard, too. It's worse, like... I, I I don't know if they're planning to continue doing, you know, Kiwami remakes, but the next one would be Yakuza 3, and Yakuza 3 is the worst Yakuza game, so I hope they do. Um, and Yakuza 3 is the worst Yakuza game purely just because of how the gameplay balances. It was the first one on PS3. It's a big expansion of the open world, and to a certain extent of the combat systems, and every boss just has a bajillion goddamn health, and just takes forever to kill. Like, you figure out how to beat them, you figure out their strategy, and you just have to continue hitting them for another ten minutes, because they have so much fucking life. Yeah, it was I, obnoxious. I didn't get very far in Yakuza 3 when I played it on PS Plus years ago. I got to... Maybe the third or fourth mission in the Lone Shark business. But one thing I've constantly heard about that particular game is for the localization, they took out whole chunks of mini games and features that were more or less expected with the series. Like there weren't any hostess clubs or That's there, weren't, true. there weren't things that were in the Japanese release. So 
I think it would make sense to make a Kiwami 3 just to create it a English localization that does justice to what the original was supposed to be. And it's kind of interesting because, like, Kiwami, you know, Kiwami is, is the remake of one, and in large part they've been really faithful. They've added new things without changing or removing any old things, sometimes for worse rather than for better, because there's some stuff that is outdated and kind of offensive. Well, not kind of offensive. Offensive. Not kind of offensive. Offensive. There's some, like... There's some, I would say, transphobic shit in here that is kind of gross. Not a lot of it, but it's there, and it fucking sucks. But also, like, the hostesses is the one thing they always seem okay with changing. Like, the hostesses in Kiwami are not the hostesses from one at all. They're completely new characters with completely new writing and everything. And I think that's because they tend to base the hostesses off of, like, real-world actresses. And, like, they, they motion capture the actresses and use their likenesses. And so, at this point, doing the actresses from Yakuza 1, which is, like, a 2000, what, like, 5 game, those those people would just have not look like they looked like, you know, fucking 13 years ago. Totally. So they they clearly are willing to take liberties with that. So that would be that would be cool. I don't know. That's so. Have you encountered any, you know, like transphobic, like homophobic stuff so far in Yakuza Zero? Borderline, yes. Like there's that one dude who goes by walking erection for a while and. There's a sense that he's supposed to be a wacky gay dude because he is in a hostess club and he's hanging out, humping the air, and coming on to Majinima at some point. Though, I'm also getting conflicting reports on that because I've talked to some other people who have played through the whole series and they say that Majima more or less has a full-on crush on Kiryu, so... I don't know how seriously to take that because it often sounds like a friendly rivalry, but it also sounds like they go on an actual date at some point in the series, so... That's possible, but it's also not necessarily... Majima is a weird character, and, like, you... Part of Majima's thing that you don't see as much of in Zero. Like, going from Zero to Kiwami, it might be a bit of a hard turn for you, because Majima, once he's... Like, okay, in in all of Yakuza Zero, he's not in the the Yakuza, right? He's been sort of... He's been, you know, banished or whatever, right? Yeah. Um... And he's, he's being jerked around a lot by life, and he's just angry and unhappy. Um... In the rest of the Yakuza games, like, he has serious moments, but he just likes being a Yakuza, he likes being in fights, and he likes putting on a facade of being an eccentric weirdo. So it's a lot of the time, like, Kiwami actually does a pretty good job at at times of showing this, of, like, there's the hilarious Majima Everywhere system, where Majima will show up in weird situations and challenge you to fights, and just for a few examples, without expo- spoiling too much, 
Uh, he'll come at you dressed as a cop and insist to search you, and if you have any weapons on you, he'll fight you. He'll pop out of a trash can. He'll hide himself in a giant traffic cone on the side of the road and pop out. He'll pretend to be a zombie, right? Like, this just ludicrous shit. Um, and that's sort of part of Majima's persona of being this wacky, eccentric dude. But there are also times in that game, like, there's one point where you will be warned that Majima's really not having a good day and he's in a bad mood, and you bump into him... And he's just, like, a normal person. He's just like, dude, I just don't want to fucking do this right now. Go away. Right? Mm-hmm. So there's... It's like, I, I don't... I don't know if I didn't get far enough. It was in one of the games that I didn't finish. Or if I just don't recall a date between Kiryu and Majima. But that's plausible. But it also doesn't necessarily mean that much. Because Majima definitely likes Kiryu a lot. But he's also just, like part of what he enjoys is people thinking he's a weirdo. That makes sense. In Zero, he's... He's pretty devastated because he lost his brother years ago. Well, his blood brother through Yakuza ties, I think. And Mm -hmm. you also get to see him get his eye gouged out. And... Yeah, there's this sense that He's 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 acting like the perfect cabaret host to put a lot of that behind him in his mind, and the degree to which he perfects every other part of his life at this point, it seems it seems like it's compensating for the amount of trauma he's faced in such a short time span. Mm-hmm. And there's there was a great some it was a tweet I saw yesterday that someone commented. Um, that it's kind of amazing that Majima is so incredible at everything except being a Yakuza and doesn't give a shit about anything except being a Yakuza. <laughs> so, and he's not necessarily bad at being a Yakuza. He just he just doesn't use his resources very smartly. Like, yeah, it is it is canon that in Yakuza Kiwami. He doesn't, like, he could get a lot done if he actually wanted to. He's, his men are super loyal to him. He's an incredibly effective fighter. He's pretty smart, but he spends all of his resources setting up the most elaborate, ridiculous traps so that he can have a fist fight with Kiryu instead of actually getting something done. Um, So he's a Bond villain, basically. He's a, he's a Bond villain who relishes being a Bond villain, right? Like, he doesn't want to win. He's he's he is a really fun character. Um Well yeah, if he won he probably wouldn't get the chance to fight Kiryu again. Yeah, totally. <sighs> so I don't know, I'm I wanna talk real quickly about that one character because I wanna talk about like there has been as I said, there's been some some like homophobic transphobic stuff throughout Yakuza's history. There's been some, you know, like misogynist stuff. I think you bumped into some of that with, was it Yakuza? It was probably Yakuza 5, right? It was Yakuza 3 with the... Whichever one you're running Toko credit, which was in Uh, the... Yeah, that's 3. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, there's this part where you have a secretary who's slightly overweight, and when people break into the office to steal records and you fight them off, she mentions that she was worried she was going to be sexually assaulted, and your character makes something um, remarkable along the lines of no way you in a really disgusting fat phobic 
misogynist way. Yeah. And like that's it's they they play it for laughs in this way like ah ha ha the fat lady thinks she's going to get raped like yeah fuck you. Um and there's like especially with Zero like before Zero and Kiwami it was just sort of like this like well this is an element of these games that doesn't pop up very often and it's problematic and I'm not going to say it's not problematic I will try to call it out when I get a chance it's bad it's gross otherwise I like these games a lot and with Zero and Kiwami it gets complicated because there's still some of that stuff in there they still do it sometimes but they also have stuff that's totally the other way it feels like there are like a lot of quests in Zero and Kiwami, where, like, the moral of the quest, which Kiryu often says, like, out loud, almost word for word, is, like, women are stronger than you look, don't be such a jackass. Um, Like, oh, that's great. Why have you been so misogynist, like, an hour beforehand? Or, like, there, um, so this, this one character, who's a hostess named Rina, who's new to Yakuza Kiwami, is a hostess who you talk to, and she's like, and she's like, oh, man, I, you know, I'm kind of new at this. And it's like, oh, well, what made you want to be a hostess? And she's like, I just wanted to go a place where I was surrounded by cute girls. I love cute girls. This is the best. This is my dream job because I want to be around cute girls. And it's like, oh, okay. They're doing a, like a, a Japanese thing where it's like, oh, she doesn't, you know, she's, she likes cute girls, but she's not actually gay because it's Japan. And then like a little bit later, it's like super express because she's talking about her ex and she's talking about like, oh yeah, my ex and I, you know, it didn't work out. And then, she went to get married and she didn't send me an invitation to the wedding. It's like, well, would you really have gone? It's like, well, no. And it's like, also it's, you know, it's overseas. They, they, they went overseas to have the wedding and it's like, Oh, is she from overseas? Why did she go overseas to get wedding? And then she's like, Kiryu, two girls can't get married in Japan. And Kiryu's like, Oh, Oh yes, of course. Okay, cool. And it's like, well, now you're cool about this. Like make up your fucking mind. I want a Yakuza that's respectful and decent to all people in all walks of life. And it's really bizarre that they're like walking back and forth across the line now. I don't understand. I imagine there are a lot of writers on that game and they yeah. all have different ideas of who those characters are. That's fair. That's fair. And and also some of it could be localization, but like that one, like I know enough Japanese to know that wasn't just a localizer deciding that in that moment Kiryu was going to respect someone for being homosexual. He actually did. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, I hope, I hope they sort their shit out and can just be decent to everyone because that's, to me, that, that, at the moment, that is my only still hold up from, for recommending this series to people is, is homophobia and transphobia and misogyny is, is the, is the, is the bigotry that sometimes pops up because it is a Japanese game made by very Japanese devs who are not very aware of Japanese cultural bigotry. Yeah, in terms of things like repetition, it's not that big a deal. Like, there's been so many Dynasty Warriors games, and they still sell because they still provide something that people love, and Yakuza takes that a step further because they have, at least my impression from Zero, they have really intense stories that really hook you in. Mm -hmm. So... As soon as they can clear this barrier of unfortunate bigotry, I would recommend this to every person I passed on the street. (laughs) 
I like it that much. Now, we I want to take a moment here to shout out a man by the name of Takaya Kuroda. This man is the voice actor for Kiryu Kazuma. Or Kazuma Kiryu, I guess, if you're doing the English order of names. He does such an incredible job of bringing this character to life and and like there's something magical about Kiryu's voice work and the way that like he never seems I don't know how like do you know what I'm trying to say? Do you think you could characterize it better than I'm I'm struggling here. He has this deep baritone cadence to everything he says that can simultaneously sound tough guyish when it needs to and at certain moments incredibly vulnerable without missing a beat and I was pretty impressed by that. And he just like he can play like he has his his voice, his tone of voice and everything is just like the ultimate like straight face. Like Kiryu gets caught up in the most absurd bullshit all the time. And the voice actor just always delivers all these lines with like this somber gravitas that makes it just fucking perfect. Like he's he's talking about like what he's going to do with this literal live chicken that he's won from bowling. And he just <laughs> like it's just there's not an ounce of irony or comedy in his voice. He's just so sincere all the time in a way that's amazing. Yeah, both him and Majima even bring that to karaoke. Like, they take their karaoke very seriously. Yeah. There's, there's, he's, he's a character who is, like, who is funny, but he's, like, basically never sarcastic or ironic. And it's just wonderful. I, I really love his voice work. He's going to be, uh, voicing, um, Kenshiro and the, uh, Yakuza team's version of uh, Fist of the North Star game. Um, and, like, from that trailer, there's, like, a, a shot of him, like, using his martial arts technique to shake, a, a, like, a martini insanely fast. And his voice work for that is also just the perfect, like, somber, cool, but I'm doing a completely insane thing. I just... Ah. <laughs> uh, he's, he's been... He's been, like holding this series together in a way that I fucking love. Yeah, his performance sells the goofiness of his world as legitimate and not a bunch of winks and nods by developers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Totally. I think that's a, that's a great way of putting it. I really like those developers, I'm starting to realize, because they're the same t- team behind Binary Domain, right? Yes, they are. And that's a fantastic... Well, the shooting isn't the best thing ever for a third-person cover-based shooter, but the whole world they've constructed around it is very, very nice. Like a chain-smoking French robot named Kane. Yeah, they have a... They have a... Yeah, I don't know. There's, there's, there's something about the way that they do things with this, like, this mix of, of serious and comedy and like just a unconventional approach to things that I just really I just really enjoy even when they don't always have the best gameplay so as a as a team I uh I really appreciate their work 
Totally. And it's making me wish I had come to the series a bit earlier, but considering that I'm starting with a prequel to the whole franchise, it seems like a pretty good jumping on point, too. Yeah, I guess that's if if we're gonna like try and close this out or something. I think that's probably like the best thing to say is this is literally there. Like, there is never a better time to start. Start, and that's honestly that's true because like Yakuza Zero is a fantastic playing game. It makes Yakuza Kiwami or Yakuza One, whichever one you play, way more impactful because it does the best thing a prequel can do which is provide way more context and make the plot of the first one way more engaging and sympathetic. Because, like, hey, sort of spoilers for the first, like, ten minutes of Yakuza 1, within the first ten minutes of Yakuza 1, your best friend betrays you, and, like, in Yakuza 1, you don't fucking know this guy. You don't have any sympathy. He's just some asshole who betrayed you. But in Yakuza 0, he had your back for that whole goddamn game, and it actually means something. Also, the series is playing better than other ever, and it's getting more, like, funding, and we got another remake on the way in the form of Yakuza Kiwami 2, which is a remake of the best Yakuza game. There's there's so much to play. There's so much good. You should really jump in. It's a great time. Yeah, and while you're there, maybe look up on YouTube the some of the English voice acting for Yakuza 1, because it's this hilarious mix of mid-2000s, we're going to hire a bunch of A-list celebrities and see how well they do voice acting. Spoilers, not very well. <laughs> they try. They try. I, I know some people liked it. Um, I don't know. I'm. It's hard for me to... I'm always one of those snobs who's like, well, you know, subs or get out, right? Um, I always, like, always want to go for the original voice cast and sometimes to a degree that's kind of stupid uh, I'll be willing to admit I'm kind of dumb about it sometimes but it's hard to imagine how you would dub a game that's about the Japanese mafia set in Japan about like weird Japanese culture cultural tradition and like cultural references it's such a Japanese game that the idea of dubbing it feels like such a hard job you know totally it does feel like Mark Hamill's Majima is pretty good, though. Yeah, what what I it's it's he makes that character pretty different, but still good. So, it's... yeah, I suppose he's a lot more Jokerish and manic in his performance than the real one. Yeah, he's 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 a lot more fucking creepy, frankly. Um, and you know that's good. It's enjoyable, but you know, I mean, you can't. You can't do your own take on a character without changing something, right? That's that's how it's your own take. So I respect that a lot. But I am also glad that they stopped trying to spend tons of money on fancy actors and just got the games out here with, with good subs that people can enjoy the, the great voice work and the great Japanese Kiryu, who does an amazing job. Totally. I'm a big fan of that voice. All right. Well, I think that's it for this episode where this is, uh, if you're hearing this, we have put it up on the Scanline Presents feed, which we use rarely. Um, this is coming up this week. This episode is being put out because we didn't have anything for our weekly podcast friend request. Um, so if you have any ideas, I am at 6264 on Twitter. Jen is at JBU3. You can also find those in the show notes. We'll put the, the Twitter handles there. Um, so if you have ideas for us, um, we're, we're having trouble sometimes finding stuff and I don't like, 
sometimes when we have trouble, we just sort of like, uh, well, I guess we can do this. And we record an episode that I, I don't know about Jen, but I don't always feel 100% great about because we just kind of reached for it to get something out. And I don't want to do that. So on weeks where we don't have like a great idea, we'll just record something else. So we're still getting something out, but it's it's going to be different. And this is what we're doing this week. So um, if you liked it, you can find more of this kind of stuff at scanlinemedia.com. We have other articles and podcasts and the like. And if you want to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash scanlinemedia. Any money that you contribute there will help us get more games or new hardware so that we can cover more stuff. None of it goes into people's pockets. Thanks so much, folks. We'll see you next time. Have a good one.